So I'm always going from one passion to another, and I grow the passion by giving time and attention. So for me, passion is a seed. It's not something you are born with. It's a seed. If you give time and attention, it grows. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a Mindset and Performance Coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas, from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. My conversation this week is with Rafi, a baker who turned to an Ironman athlete. Most of people know him as a cafe owner and don't necessarily know the story behind his success. Rafi's story isn't only about his sports accomplishments. We dive deep into his childhood and how he grew up refusing to take things for granted and always questioning the norms and what is possible. From an early age, he knew that he was meant to try different career paths and fill his life with challenges and exciting experiences. His natural ability to stay focused and committed to the process led him to achieve great things in his life. True athletes and business professionals know that perseverance and consistency is the key to living an abundant life full of possibilities. So tune in and learn what it takes to be a high-performance human being. Congratulations on your last uh, victory, we call it. Uh, what, what was the results actually? At the Ironman, I finished below 13 hours for the, my first Ironman. I think everyone is... Well, it wasn't the first, it was the it second was the one. First. The, 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 the first one was a, was a half. So it's the first full. Ah, okay. Actually, I thought the first one was actually the first full. full no, 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 no. It was the, the, I did the first time a half and this one was the first time the full. And when you see that the last one finished in 17 hours at midnight 30, it's already pitch black in the village. There's no one anymore. Wow. I am giving a big thumb up to the last one. And yeah. I think a bigger than the first one. So was the first one like a way to try yourself first on it? Or, or, or how come you didn't go for the full version from the beginning? Yeah, the full is quite, uh, it's quite impressive. Like you uh. run a... A full marathon uh-huh. after 180 kilometers riding a bike uh-huh. after 4,000 meters of swim. So when you see that, you say, okay, there's an option of being half someone, half an, half an iron man. You don't like to be half someone. You don't like yeah. to be half a baker. You don't like to be half a security guy. You want to be a fool. Yeah. But still, there are steps. So experiences teach a lot. Mm-hmm. The, tough, the tougher they are, the more they teach. But if you can handle them. So when you train for a full Ironman, you're going to hurt a bit your body and it needs to heal too. I lost three nails. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> you, you, you go through experiences where you, uh, your bike break. <laughs> In a way, you lose a wheel. I had Chinese wheels. <laughs> so you're going to encounter things that you don't expect. So always it's very smart and advised to go step by step. Mostly when you go until that point of a full Ironman. 
And then how, how, how did you get into all of that, like from the first place? You did, did you do a triathlon before? No, I no. never. I never did that. I, li- I love sport when I, I always did sport oh. you know, all my life, periodically, and I never achieved something in, in sport. Oh. So I thought, okay, let's, I, lo- I love swimming. I swim a lot. So let's, I love riding. For, in Paris, I was 20 years riding. So I yeah. okay, let's, let's challenge. Let's, let's see what we, let's see what I got, you know, let's see what I, I'm able to. Was there a specific moment that there was a shift or, or uh, like whatever, a shift in mindset or yeah. objectives? Or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you start training, you realize something that you miss for 20 years is the performance day. Mm-hmm. This day, there's no ex- excuse. You cannot accuse anyone. You have to make it. Mm. You have to be there. There's mm. a date, a time, 6 a.m. On this day, you have to make it. And whatever happens before, I couldn't even ride a bike before the half Ironman, three days before the half Ironman, couldn't even put shoes because my nail was bleeding. You just hold it, you shut up. <laughs> you wait the, the morning, the, this morning, you put your shoes, you feel pain, you go. <laughs> the performance day is something we had at school. And because in our lives we don't have it anymore, I think I missed it. I won't have, I want to have in my life this performance day again, where you have to commit. Mm. And, and I see it everywhere here in Bali that it's really missing not only to me, but to a lot of people. Because the only group of people that wake up early, a group, I'm not talking about one person, but a group organized that wake up all early to do something in regularly is my cycling group. And when we say, let's go at Sarangan 6.15, everybody's there at 6.15. And no one talk, argue, cancel, or whatever. Alex is one of them? You know Alex yes. Fabri? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Alex Fabri is not one of them, but he, he came sometimes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. he's not committing. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to commit. <laughs> he's going to laugh when he will hear that, for sure. I know him. <laughs> yeah, I know him very well. I love him. He's in my toilet in Chongu. <laughs> Yes, a of poster. course, in that poster, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He's a great guy, very sportive. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he, doing other things. He's busy he asked me a couple things. of times to join him for, for some adventure things, yeah, like yeah, motorcycle and yeah. all that, like, but I, I yeah. didn't follow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. He's not into triathlon, I think. So how do you introduce yourself now to people when you meet them? Now it's a bit tricky. If it's in Bali, I would say uh, I own a cafe. I just say that uh-huh. because um, people already know me a bit and I don't want to to put an accent on all the things I'm doing. So I leave it light. Uh, I keep the humble face. I don't want to, to put a lot of attention and I very quickly talk and ask questions about themselves. So I, I want to create a connection. I'm not really focused about myself. I know myself. So I want to create a connection with someone and people love to talk about themselves. So yeah. I always go like that. Very quickly, I introduce myself. Yeah, I have a cafe. If they don't react, so it means we never really meet. I can go a bit further and say I am, I'm a chef and blah, blah, blah. But that's quite it. I don't mm. extend into what I'm doing really, which is quite wide. And mm. if you don't know someone, it could be too much too quickly. So mm. I'm trying to keep to keep it low profile. Low profile a little bit. And then yeah. outside of Bali? Outside of Bali, um, I would say that uh, I have bakeries. Yeah. Mm. I have bakeries. I have bakeries in Bali, in a beautiful island in Bali. Mm. And uh, and that and we can go from it. What's the difference? Why would you say things differently for people that are outside of Bali? 
because the because people outside of Bali, uh, for sure. I mean, they, they, if we meet, they don't know me, so we can we can make them dream a bit. Mm. Uh, Bali is a dream place, so I will introduce Bali more than me. I will talk about my beautiful life over there to to make them dream a bit because mm. mostly you're, I see it a lot when I publish on Facebook things. Uh, a lot of friends living in Bali, in, in Paris and stuff, when they see just one picture of Bali, they dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I get that a lot also. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, when I'm, I talk about myself, I talk about cafes, bakery, but also very quickly food, rice field, nice views, and mm. then Bali and then lifestyle mm. and the spirituality and more, more, more temples and houses. So mm. very quickly we go to Bali and dream. More than me, and here in Bali, I would, I would, people knowing Bali, I would, I wouldn't go like that. So I make a difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, can we go back to the point where you said uh, there are a lot of things that you are doing in the yeah. same time right yeah. now? Could you specify a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, in my whole life, I always uh, I naturally wanted to learn many things. So I like diversity more than expertise. So I developed an expertise. I developed it through the pastries and stuff. I did. I founded Monsieur Spoon. I did all the recipes. All the food of Monsieur Spoon is from me. All the logistic, the direction, the recruitment, everything is from mm -hmm. me. And now uh, my mind is switching to something else that is on the side, but that that could grow to a next to the next passion. So I'm always going from one passion to another, and I grow the passion by giving time and attention. So for me, passion is a seed. It's not something you are born with. Is a seed. If you give time and attention, it grows. So now every year I do things I never did before. So this is a program I have. It's called Never Did Before, and I'm launching the first event in uh, on the December the 14th. And we will talk about art. Uh, so I did. I wrote two books this year. One is it's called the Pians Army, the Pians Army. Uh -huh, okay. How the world, by assisting and easing our lives, mm. um, make us a bit like soldiers and prevent us from really breathing and expanding. So it's, it's like a book of 100 pages, mostly illustration. It's like a combination between like photos and a little text, but it's mostly photos, so it's very easy to, to catch to catch the ID. And I wrote the story, so a second book. This one is a real book. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very dense book, like 200 pages. It's from my YouTube channel that was before Monsieur Spoon. So you see, it's already getting... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So before Monsieur Spoon, I did a YouTube channel, which has 14 million of views today. More, in fact. And, and when I had this YouTube channel, I made money given by Google. And with this money, I founded Monsieur Spoon. So it's a long story. It's 10 years. Okay. I'd like us to go to the, there at some point yeah. during that conversation. Sure, sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So very quickly, because we, we have a limited amount of time. So very quickly, uh, YouTube, YouTube channel, Monsieur Spoon. And then I'm explaining the whole story, mm -hmm. which is from zero. I uh, started everything from zero. So it's the most interesting experience when you start from zero and you fall and you wake up and you fall again and you stand up and you fall again. So I started that and explaining all the story with beautiful pictures and everything uh, in this book. So this is another thing that I'm doing. Uh, next year I'm gonna do. So I started an Iceman experience, and next year in January I'm gonna go, Iceman. You said, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. with Wim Hof, the mm -hmm. ice, the Iceman in south of Poland, and we're gonna do ice, Iceman 
a week of Iceman experience. So I always do like that. Like triathlon was the, the physical thing this year. At the beginning of the year, I wanted to skydive solo. So I took classes in Dubai and I skydived solo. I threw myself alone at 12,000 feet in the air. Wow. And it's scary. Wow. And then I of see the video scary. myself, I'm scared. <laughs> when you are there and doing it and committing and you have to do it and you are focused, you don't feel the fear. But when you step back and you look at it and you throw yourself, send, you throw yourself towards the wheel of the plane and you have the wind facing you, deforming your, 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 your face and you have to do it and, and throw yourself when you see that and you fall, <laughs> you have like a, a little bounce in the heart. <laughs> Holy shit, what did I do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> so I always lo uh, love mm. to, to do new things and I recommend people doing it. And this is why I'm communicating on it. And so so what, are the, um, what are you after when you do all of that? Um, doing new things is, ex at the end, in one word, I would say expanding. Mm -hmm. I have to sum it up. We, as human beings, um, can do a lot of things. And I think my life will be beautiful if I look back and say, wow, <laughs> I did all that. Not only this one and I became an expert. I'm not interested in that, but I did all that. And the more I do, the more things I don't know, I have to start like the next year. It's more artistic, so it's something I'm not, I'm not good at. So the more things I don't know, I'm not good at, I'm scared of, the more things like that allow me to fight, to, to fight fear, to fight resistance, to go over borders, to be a greater person, to be a wider person, to be a, an expanded person. What, what kind of self-talk do you have when you, when you think like that? Is it like, do you say yourself something like everything is possible or do you think, let's try and see if it's possible? No, yeah, nothing. What? Yeah, for sure everything is possible. Yeah, I never, I'm not someone who try. I never mm. try. If we look back at the beginnings, mm. like, but the, really the early beginnings, um, going back all the way maybe to childhood, mm. what will be the first chapter? What would you call the first chapter of, of, your, of your life? We I would call the first chapter the, the moment I started to question adults and what they have to give. How old were you back then? I was 12. Very precisely, because I was in advanced at school. Uh -huh. I, would, I was two years earlier. So when the kids started to have uh, puberty, mm -hmm. puberty. The, puberty, I saw them becoming uh, dumb in a way, smelling bad. I saw them doing things that I never, I never had. So when I saw them doing this, I said, well, what's going on? Everybody's getting dumb in once. <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> so be, be, being younger at school, made me see the world with a, la a jet lag, like a lag, like a spread. There was a, like a time difference. <laughs> so when I saw, when this was happening, I started to ask questions around and I was, I was 12, so I was already, I was already conscious, big enough, conscious, bit, yeah. Yeah, conscious enough. And those, those events raised my conscience even more. So I started to ask to adults some questions and I was testing the answers. And I was testing and I saw that it's not... Who specifically were those adults? You mean like uh, parents, parents? And, and, and teachers. Okay. And parents' friends. Were you satisfied from the answers? Hmm? Were you satisfied from the answers? No, no. normally I, I, was, I was thinking that they don't know much. 
and they want to say no to a lot of things. And when I was asking questions like, will in my life be able, will I be able to change work every five years? No, you can't. You have to stay in the same company. It's always no when I hear adults. And it's not about only my parents. When I say parents, it's all parents. So I was testing my parents, but also friends' parents. And I was comparing the questions with what I was learning at school. <laughs> and when I was asking about physics and uh, quantum physics to my parents, I saw that they were answering, but they don't know. <laughs> so it made me think maybe they should know when they answer something. And I think parents uh, answer you things to give you an answer but they should tell, I don't know, or they should push you to imagine an answer, which is much more positive than saying something that is not true. Because at the end, you lose credibility. And for me, parents, adults, lost credibility when I was very young. So this was a starting point in my life. Did you have somebody that you were, you, that you were looking up to? Like a reference, somebody like a, a role model or a mentor? Or I always somebody? had. In my life, I always saw people that was amazing uh i hardly met them like the first one was albert camus with the cz schmidt when i read that say, oh finally a friend and when i grew up it was um, i don't know george soros george soros was a finance guy that that screwed the, uh, the british bank and stole nine billion of dollars of pounds and he created universities in ukraine with that money so I said, yeah, there are amazing people doing things. I never met them, but they are amazing people. For sure, it was not my parents, but, uh, and these are people around me, but it was, um, that was amazing. So I, always in my life, I had some people, I was looking at some and say, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. But was that the intention of copying, of copying, mm. the intention of always being inspired and see what are the possibilities. Yeah. What did you want to become when you were at that age? Did you know specifically what mm. orientation you wanted to have? business-wise or career-wise? No, no, no. No, what I wanted is I wanted to have to, to try many things. I oh, you did already yeah, yeah. at that time. The first question okay. I asked when it was that when I was 12 is, will I be able to do different jobs in my life? Oh, wow. And then chapter two. What was that chapter two there? Chapter two was at 17 when I'm, I was making some money to gain my independence. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to leave. And Were you in Paris? Uh, yes, suburbs at the beginning, and then mm. I slowly moved to Paris, okay. <laughs> towards Paris, which I reached maybe at 24, <laughs> to leave it at 28. Sometimes when you get something, you, you know, you get the scar, but if in fact you sell it, mm. <laughs> it doesn't need, <laughs> but you have to get it at first. Yeah. So I would say this is the second step, the, the fact that I was free. And then the third one would be the finance world that um, allow you to make a lot of money. Finance? Yeah. Well, I went to trader for two years. So I did some high schools and then finance, a master of finance. And then I integrated. Uh, Why bank. finance? Finance because it was the, the way to make uh, money. Hmm. And I, yeah. So you were kind of clear about your objectives. You knew they wanted to make money first. Yeah, or was it just like stumbling into it? Uh, you know, when you are, no, it's not really intentionally, but uh, I was good in math. And when I finished high schools, the, the, the field that, that you are directed to, mm -hmm. because there is a lot of maths, is finance. Mm -hmm. So it ends like that. I see. Yeah. yeah. So I ended like that. I did some math. It was happy. And then, and then I ended in a bank and I isolated myself in the bank and I felt that I'm not part of this world because... We are supposed to be the number one in the world. We are bankers, but this is not 
this is not what we are what was missing for you specifically humanity oh really mm. yeah. and 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 some meaning there was no meaning mm. Mm. is that the time where things started changing yeah right. yeah because i realized that um i'm just a kid and i'm happy to do a lot of a lot of things with numbers huh. and for me money was very very virtual and it's really the case when you are young and when you don't touch it and when it's fluctuating so you don't really you know you are you are making money today but you lose a bit tomorrow so you don't you don't make this concrete you know you, it's not like a house mm. so uh, it was very abstract in my mind so I, it it stayed abstract like that so it was not about money there was no hmm. i'm sure a lot of listeners here are um also not happy somewhere mm. in their job mm. not finding the mm. things that they're looking for mm. what would be uh, the advice mm. in terms of mental skills perhaps mm. that you can help them with mm. and can advise them to 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 do things that you advise them to do for in order for them to do that change mm. and be successful at it mm. so you did obviously a change from banker to yeah. something else differently what what skills did you employ to do that change C- could be for perhaps courage could yeah, be yeah. perhaps clarity and vision mm. for, for me it went very naturally but uh, if I look back I would say that uh, uh, perseverance so you were persevering in, in I, yeah I have a very strong mindset nothing can stop me Mm. So you decided to make the change to towards w- which direction? So yeah, when I started, so I went to real estate. So I went, I went to a bit accidentally and then to food. And when I do these, those, those changes, I, I didn't have any passion. I didn't grow with passion. I ended in bank, so there's nothing exciting. So I said, okay, in my life, I have to grow a passion. So how we grow a passion? By loving something a lot. And now when I started to cook, I, I could drop it, I could stop. I forced myself, I accepted that I have to change myself. Myself has to change. And because there's a resistance of changing that we all have, we don't do those steps. You have to start with the idea that you will be another person. You will have to reprogram your brain to think differently. Isn't that scary for most of people? It, it is. It is. So what, what's the mental skills that need to be employed there? Self-talk, for example, positive self-talk? It's going to be okay kind of thing? Mm. What did you use? Yeah, I, um, what I would recommend would be different than what I used. What I used was quite naturally, I was, I was saying that. So okay. for me, it's natural to, to go full straight. Oh. <laughs> And never stop. For me, it's natural. Uh, when I see, I would say that when I started my YouTube channel, I saw, I, I looked at YouTube channels, and I saw that a lot of people start a bit and stop. <laughs> so you have a lot of channels with one video, two videos, three videos with not being consistent. No. Mm. So they don't do the work. So I understood you have to do the work. So you have to be above the other. If you want to be above the other, you have to do more. Mm. So I started. So for me, it was quite natural. Do more. Compare yourself to the other. Maybe. With ego, it helped me a lot. Ego helped me a lot. For me, ego is a tool. Is it a good thing or a bad thing, ego? Yeah, it's an amazing tool. I agree with you 100% with it. Yeah. Like, I disagree totally with people that says, now I drop off the ego, mm-hmm. drip mm-hmm. off the ego. It's, I don't think it's, uh, it's old stuff. Yeah, for me, ego is a tool. 
it's not good or bad, it's a tool. So when it serves your purpose, it's amazing. When your purpose serves the ego, it's not good. When your purpose feeds the ego, it's not good. When your business feeds the ego, it's not good. But when you use it, it's an engine. So it's a tool, it's a knife. If you use it the good way, wow. If you want, if you have someone who has a lot of ego, don't change the guy, change the environment. Give him love, support, he won't need the ego. Ego is, is a border, and as all borders, is preventing but protecting. So if you need an ego, it means maybe your environment is pushing you to have an ego. But if you have it, don't destroy it. It's a tool, use it. That's a very good one. So grow your ego, grow your love, and see the others want to be better, want to be better, want to be better, and, and when you're not still at the top, keep doing. Great and one. We know you and me that the top doesn't exist, so you always keep doing. Keep on pushing, yeah. Keep on pushing. Okay, so uh, you changed from banker to baker, correct? Yeah. yeah. How and why, why food? Why? I read a book that was a gastronomic revelation, the book of Hervé Zis. He's the father of the molecular food that inspired Elubouli and, and, and a lot of others. At that time, it was very trendy, molecular food. And I read his book, and he was explaining what's behind the food. He was explaining why in recipes we show eggs two by two, by two and not all together, <laughs> or one by one, like in the patashu. It's one by one. <laughs> so I was curious. He raised my curiosity. Curiosity is, is amazing. If you keep being, I think if you love things, you are curious. The thing, I think we, we lose love in life. We lose the ability of loving deeply. I think this is what we lose. And this is why it's scary to change, blah, blah, blah. But if you keep love as an engine, you look around and everything is beautiful. And everything is, a, there's a world behind everything. How do you keep yours? How do you keep your curiosity vivid? How, can you, how do you keep the fire? That I can answer very clearly. I always, I always preserved myself very well. When you grow, there's always people who are going to tell you no. There's always people who, can, who are going to tell you you can't make it. And, that's right. and by rationalizing, you understand that people always talk about themselves. They never tell you what to do or what to be. But because our parents did, parents are the first ones who tell us what to do, we grow up thinking that people around us are telling us what to do. And sometimes we tell them, you're not my dad. But even dad shouldn't do. <laughs> no one is really telling you what to do. No one. They are just giving you information. So when they are telling you, Rafi, why are you doing pastry now? It's not your field. Go back to your field. This guy is saying that. He's an expert. He's an engineer. He's just telling you that for him, you have to be an expert. So go back to what you do and repeat. He's just talking about himself. Don't take it bad. Don't take it personal. And I was in Perth now. We don't feel we can even talk to anyone anymore without hurting someone. So if you go to a supermarket and you cross someone, you're going to have to apologize. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. All the time. Sorry, sorry. In the parking lot. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. No worries. No, sorry. So you cannot express yourself, you know? When you feel you cannot say anything you want, you have to say what people can handle, and they cannot handle anything, even passing you on a supermarket, you are blocking your expression. So it's not good. 
you have to be able, your soul has to be able to breathe so you can open your lungs and express yourself. So that's very important. So the whole world is building shields around people. And we should, don't judge people at the same way we shouldn't take personal things. So in Australia, you shouldn't excuse yourself everyone, every time you pass someone because he, you know he won't take it personal. And I see a lot of people accusing, you are a liar. Did you make the work to make the person feel that he can tell you everything? No. Can you handle everything? No. So liar, uh, communication takes two persons ready. It's the same in life. You have to be ready to open yourself to experiences and to grow from it. If you can't, put borders, like in a relationship. You, don't, you can't handle some situations, you put borders. Okay, but if you grow, remove some borders. Don't take personal, listen to everything you can and grow, only grow. Mm. No one can hurt you. So you protected yourself Always during that yourself. period, that protected from, from other people's belief or other people's opinions. Yeah. Okay. You're absorbing, you're okay, listening, open, but still keep on going, yeah. thinking it's possible. Yeah. Strong mindset. Mm. Great. Next chapter, what was it? So Baker, you you liked it. You you. So I founded a YouTube channel. It was quite, oh, yeah, yeah, at the same time. So quite a step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. While I was understanding what's behind recipes, like I was saying with Hervé's this and gastronomic renovation with his book, I was amazed of the molecular uh, world behind food. And I was like that one day. In the, I was doing things like that in my life. I was in a subway and sometimes the subway was empty and normally you just sit anywhere. And I always had this habit to sit side by someone, even if the subway is empty. If the wagon is empty. You would go and sit next to people. Yeah, next oh, to God. someone. <laughs> and you can't imagine how it's hurting people, it's bothering people to have you close to them without any good reason. <laughs> well, I do know what it what it means exactly. There's actually funny pictures. You know, I used to live in Sweden before, yeah. uh, before about yeah. six years. And uh, there is a picture of people waiting uh, by the bus. Mm -hmm. There's like two, three meters between mm -hmm. each person. It's yeah. snow and cold, but uh -huh. they still have to take a lot of space between each other. Mm -hmm. And because it's close, it's a little bit awkward, a little bit boring. This is my yeah. own space. Yeah. Yeah. I got the point. Keep the warm <laughs> together. <laughs> stay warm, stay warm. Yes, together. Stay warm. <laughs> but there's a problem with human contact. So yeah. I would used to do that, to do that. And there was one guy one day with a newspaper. And there was like one, like a small comic there. And there was one French guy like that looking at some gl a glass of wine and he was pretentious and looking at this wine and the color and the smell and everything. And he was saying at the end, wow, behind wine, there's a whole world. <laughs> and there's a guy side by who was an English guy with a beer, hot, hot beer like that. And he looked at his beer and he said, well, I think it's true for everything. And I think the same. I think if we zoom in on things, there's a world behind everything. So if you don't find interest around you, it's you are lacking zooming in. You have to zoom in on things. And if you zoom in, you will see that there is a world behind everything. And you cannot accuse anyone like I'm bored or whatever. It's not anyone's fault. You have to commit and zoom in on things. Uh, give interests why it's happening why, why it's there how it works 
we don't know much, in fact. We don't know much. And in all our life, we are here to learn things and to feel things. And so let's start, let's start everywhere. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay. So when I started my YouTube channel, wow, it was a world. There was a whole world behind YouTube with a lot of human minds and souls expressing themselves in a very random way. <laughs> so I was very amazed to see. I loved the smallest channels. The one, not doing one, one video, but three, four. So he had an intention that stopped. <laughs> and you can see he was trying to self-motivating himself at the beginning. Yeah, I'm going to do that every two days. And you know, he won't because the channel is already two years old and <laughs> nothing has been published. Oh, I see. Like you go back to it and you see. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You are checking everything about food mm -hmm. and stuff. And you see that all those souls that just gave up. And I see that it's always the same reason. They didn't love enough what they was doing. Mm. If you really love and you give what, what this magic couple, which is time and attention to everything you do, it grows. Because love allows you to learn. If you give time to something without any attention, nothing happens. If you give a lot of attention, but you never do anything, yeah, then nothing happens. But time and attention is something we always give to the person or the things we love. We give it to our kids. We give a lot of time and attention because we love them. It's the same with everything. Give time and attention to things that love things real, love things deeply. It will make you give time and attention. Mm -hmm. And when you give time and attention, you are able to learn. And when you learn, it grows. So I learned how to create a YouTube channel by looking on all that. So this was, this was amazing. This was crazy because, I, of course, you, you make your friends see videos and they say, well, it's zero because it's not famous. <laughs> you are understanding. They are not saying you are zero. They are saying, I love famous things. But of course, when you start, it cannot be famous. <laughs> so you are, it's always preserving yourself and growing. So I was prevent preserving myself, growing, making five, five videos. And then I understood how to create a YouTube channel. If you have a killer video, like an amazing video, What's an amazing video for you? Like uh, the one I did was the macaron, I, Parisian macaron. I, I had this pure video. I, before, when I finished to, edit, to, to have it ready to publish, I refrained myself because I saw this is the common mistakes to be excited and to just publish your best video in an empty channel. Your channel has to be ready to welcome this crazy number one video. And to be ready has to be has to have something inside and a community already. So you have to you need ten videos already. You need a community following you. So when you publish this one, it goes boom. If you publish this amazing video on an empty channel, it goes zero. <laughs> but you see, when I when I looked to all those YouTube channels and I saw those amazing videos on empty channels that stayed zero. <laughs> I thought those guys was excited and they published an amazing video, but they didn't understand how to publish things. So I learned this world. And then now my YouTube channel has 14 million of views. It made me a lot of money until 8,000 euros per month. Wow. At that time, now it doesn't. Now it's like 300 euros, but I'm not publishing anything since three years, four years. I changed. So I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, so there was a lot of things to learn. And then when I succeeded that, I said, I was very excited. I said, let's go and have my own past three 
boulangerie quelque part. Boulangerie. <laughs> boulangerie. But was it planned to do it in Bali? No, the, but I left Bali at the end. So I checked all the Southeast Asia countries. I excluded some... Uh, Why not France? No, the economy was so bad. I was, on, I was in finance. I, I have a nice strategy. You need some timing. And it was very... And for sure, the next 10 years would not welcome entrepreneurs in, in France. Uh, there was a lot of people, a friend of mine, entrepreneurs in Singapore who left, expatriate themselves, who left France. And they was telling me for a long time, come, 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 see here it's booming, here it's booming. So I went three days. I said, okay, it's booming. I will pack everything and leave. Awesome. <laughs> so I packed everything. Took uh, 90 kilos of mixers. I still have photos of that. Mixers and everything. Spatulas. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know they're going to have butter in, in Asia. Uh, but you visited Bali before. Never. No. No. I <laughs> dropped all my luggages in Singapore. I selected Bali. I selected Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, Malaysia. Oh. Was very. I excluded Philippines. Too much floods and stuff. Uh, poverty. I didn't want a lot of poverty. I wanted spirituality. So Bali was really top. But I left it at the end. So I did a tour of three months. And when I was up there, I said, okay, I'm going to be Bali. So I went back to Singapore, took my luggages, landed, and said, yeah, that's it. I'm Time. sure it's here. Mm. Yeah. And I, I checked the market. I did a study, but I knew already through, through Google. So I already checked the competitors. I already knew it was the, the right time. Was this decision criticized by people? No, no. This way, I was not even asking to people. No. Yeah. I was really by myself. I knew no one here. I just, I was sure of myself. Mm. Who joined you in this experience? So my cousin Greg, he was the only one that was always backing me up in a way, uh, supporting me, all my craziness and my Are ideas. you the same age? Yeah, yeah, we are uh, the same age. Uh, He's one, one year older. Grew up together? No, 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 no. We didn't meet before we was 28, really. Uh, only three come? times. Yeah, only three times. My family was uh, preventing uh, People to meet people, in a way. Old okay. way, old mentality. The oriental mentality, cannot go out from home and stuff. So I was away from family. And when he got married in 26, he invited me. And, to, and I was not there. I was in... Anyway. But then we met, we met again after that. And we loved each other. Uh, we have a lot of energy and we are hard workers. Same together. mindset. Different mindset. But uh, we love to do crazy things. We don't stop and we are both always ready, doesn't care the time. We never find excuses. We never accuse anyone, always commit. So it was working. So anytime, bam, it's coming. So we know we, we was both living great experiences and we love to share those experiences together. So when I founded my YouTube channel, I, I, he saw, he even came at my place to shoot the Macaron YouTube video that has today 1.7 million of views and which is now the most popular video on macarons on the web. So he shot it, he shot it with yeah, the yeah. camera. I always did myself all the 100 videos, mm. except this one. He came to shoot this one because I told him this is the masterpiece. You have to come, <laughs> something's happening. Okay. So he came. So when I, I came here, I did all the tests at my, at my place. I did all the, 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 the test of food, the pastries and everything at my place. It was working well. I didn't hit a wall. I thought I'm going to hit a wall because there was no good pastries in, 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 in Bali. I said, maybe that's something that I didn't get. Maybe the yeast, the yeast is wrong. The flour is wrong. 
I sent him to him. He was in France. I sent him 10 kilos of flour to inspect them in, in, in the laboratory to make sure what is inside, the gluten rate, the protein, the vitamins and stuff. So after doing all that, I took Umalas. I started in Umalas. I took Changu, the land, and already started to sell. And I tell him uh, there was hotels coming, starting to call. And they Were you me, the only one or the first one? No. Doing what? The, the bakery in Bali. Wasn't the first no, one, no, right? No, like, there were some there was ones. Some, yeah, there oh. was some. But some people maybe was talking and oh, there's a new thing. And oh. So a hotel called me, the first hotel that called me. I said, okay, we are, uh, yeah, okay. Can you come? Uh, yes, but where? In the Bukit. What's the Bukit? It's in Bali? I didn't know. <laughs> I was between my place and Umalas <laughs> for a year. And then I went to Changu because I love the green space that was over there. So I was just doing that. I never, I didn't even visit Bali. I was working, working. So I called my cousin. Say, okay, you have to come. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> because you're gonna manage the sales and stuff, and I cannot do everything. So come. So he came, and he came with a family, with three kids and a wife. So it, it was not easy for him to move. So of course I had to make sure things are already on the rails, you know. So when he comes, it's okay. It's not from, yeah. from zero. So he came and we did. Uh, we worked together three years, and then now he's it's already three years. He's back to Belgium. He lives in Belgium now. Uh, what what is the secret for uh, Monsieur Spoon? I know it's my favorite. Yeah, bakery for sure. And there are other bakeries, obviously now. Yeah. Well, what makes the difference? Why is yours? much better than the other ones because the difference is actually that big yeah i can say i can attest thank with you, that like you. even friends when they come yeah and they go try different ones yeah. it's like oh my god yeah the croissants there are excellent yeah what's thanks. the secret the secret is knowledge when i came to bali uh, as i said uh, i learned from this airways that explain what's behind so when you come to bali in a croissant is only five ingredients but they're all different and the conditions are different not specifically talking about the croissant itself yeah. yeah of course we can talk about that yeah. too but the whole thing the yeah whole just a demonstration yeah. so croissant but bread it's always yeah. the same so it's not a lot of ingredients and they are all different and the conditions are different so you have to know what's behind the recipe if you just apply your recipe by copy pasting you're not inventing yeah because anything. information exists everywhere right yeah of course yeah yeah but not expertise that's what I'm talking about. So when when you have uh, when you look at Pete Sampras playing tennis, looks easy. Information on how to hold a racket is everywhere. <laughs> the recipe of how to play is everywhere, but the expertise, everything is between his senses, and it's the same for a baker. Everything is between your sense. You develop an expertise by touching, by knowing the temperature, the density, and when you do one croissant, it could be easy. When when you do two thousand, and your chiller is not working uh, even, you have to touch every dough to know which one is ready to prepare the next batch. When you do bread, same. You have to touch the dough. So if you didn't develop the expertise and you think a recipe is enough, it doesn't work. So the expertise, the time that you gave, the experience and the knowledge was key. Passion and love also, I believe. Without passion and love, you don't give time. Mm. And you don't develop an expertise and it doesn't work. <laughs> Excellent. Now you have five places, I believe, right? Or four? Five. So Umalas, Changu, uh, Batu Belig. Petit Anget. Petit Anget. And Ubud. Batu Belig and Petit Anget is in the same place? No. Oh, no two, dif- two uh, different uh, places. Batu Belig, yeah. Seminyak. So Seminyak, yeah. Seminyak, yeah. 
and Ubud. Yeah. Ah, correct. Okay. So, what is there any plans for expanding yeah, elsewhere in Indonesia? Secret plans. I will keep Bali. From, yeah. From, uh, yeah, for sure, I, I can say that it's gonna be uh, gonna ex- and I'm gonna keep it expanding. Mm. I can say it's gonna be in Bali. Um, there's not much mystery. There's it's gonna be Uluwatu, Jimbaran, or San Juan. So, pick pick one. <laughs> Make a guess. <laughs> Uh, everywhere in Indonesia, everywhere else. We are already in Jakarta. We are already in Malang. We in uh, I trained the staff in uh, Liberi Cafe in Malang. We are already at Epic Cafe, in Epic mm. Cafe in Jakarta, which is an amazing cafe. So we are already in places, but not as Monsieur Spoon, as uh, the products are there and it's served every day and it's it's beautiful. To have almond croissant served to Malang, which has no Western food. <laughs> which is quite amazing so it's like quite a surprise and an amazing new experience for kids and people living there so it's quite very funny to do uh, so but uh, for now I don't have uh, plans to open Jakarta and, and Java or, or in Komodo in Bali I love so much Bali I live here I feel so good here I want to stay here and opening in Java requires us developing a central kitchen and it's a huge work and gonna take one year and I don't feel leaving Bali for living in Jakarta now. How does your day-to-day look like? My day-to-day, so my uh, a common day will be because of all the things I did now, uh, the new things I did, the triathlon and everything. A common day-to-day is waking up at 5.20, something like that. Massage the body, I always massage the body a bit, the legs. By yourself? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't touch the phone. Massage the body, feel good. I ride one hour, one hour twenty before seven. I go back. Too much pollution, and it's it's suffering to see all those pollutions everywhere. So I have to go back. Pollution, um, biking, riding finished. I have a nice shower, and I, I go in one of my cafes having a beautiful breakfast, and then I read my books, and I go to accounting after. Mostly it's like. Monsieur Spoon Cafe is in the very early morning after the ride, after the run, and after is more office work. So until noon, I finished uh, sports, ride, writing my book, let's say, and administrative tasks that imply a role of the director to all, everything, tax, whatever. And so I have always the, the afternoon free. So the afternoon, sometimes I meditate, sometimes I swim, I love swimming, sometimes I go surfing. Sometimes I go back to my shops. I always go back two times, three times a day. I go in in the shops randomly. What do you do for training when you talk about training? Do you train specifically for uh, the Ironman yeah. in, in a regular basis or just before competition? No, no, on a regular basis. Regular basis. Yeah. It's like a part sports. of your routine, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now I love triathlons and I loved having those performance days, uh, as I was saying. So mm. it's part of my life to do one hour. Of do you think the same skills you used and applied for uh, launching your business mm. and working in the, the previous careers is the same things, the same tools you employ in for the runner for the? There are so common tools, okay. but the most thing that is the same is the amount of energy I put into things, mm. the amount of energy. That's the main thing. Uh, have a lot of energy by surrounding yourself by being in an environment that inspire you where your curiosity is fed i'm sure a lot of people in the in here in the podcast listening 
thinking like how do you get the time to do all of that because i know also you're you said you wrote the books or writing books i wrote wrote already mm-hmm. and you're writing preparing something right because i saw a post somewhere yeah. in facebook yeah, saying uh, that you're preparing I'm launching one. them and we'll do the book sign on the december 14th. And there is that there's also Greg, Greg, your cousin mentioned like exhibition coming up soon, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you find time to do all of that? The if you take two persons and they are twins, um, with one you put one perfect twin, mm-hmm. twins. You put one in the sofa watching TV, and having a job where she doesn't feel amazing, and you put the other one in a beautiful environment, surrounding surrounded by. Uh, she lives in Stanford. She is surrounded by everyone that talks a bit. Change, her, change the world, <laughs> she's going to have a lot of energy and she's going to do amazing things. And when you see the, the guys that found air, air, airline companies <laughs> and you see yourself, you just did bakeries, you know that it's not about time. You have to uh, remove this excuse of your, of your mind. It's never about time. It's about the energy. So start changing your mindset, saying to yourself, it's not that I don't have time, I don't have the energy. And then you start to answer to it by finding energy. Because time, you won't find more time. We all have the same amount of time. 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day for everyone. Mm. So there are people doing great things in this amount of time and people doing less great things. It's the amount of energy. How do you cultivate that energy for you? Okay, you mentioned environment, but do you mean here environment like as in where do you live, the island, the country and that? Or do you mean uh, people that are around? How do you, how can one cultivate a good environment? I would say to say quickly to, um, to, to, um, to develop your intelligence in both ways, the emotional intelligence and the intelligence, the ability of doing things. Mm. The more intelligence you have, the more you can do things. Mm. It's a love rage. Intelligence. And how do you develop intelligence? Doing things you never did before. So curiosity, back to it, right? Yeah. Uh, and being open-minded. Now, yeah. Now I'm I'm writing a book. I'm I'm reading a book uh, that is the uh, from Christophe Martinez. So it's a French guy. He is a national champion of memory, mm. and I'm improving my memory. So instead of saying I'm bad in memory, so okay, I'm not bad in memory. Shut up. <laughs> we know we are not bad in memory. Yeah. There are things we may remember and we don't want to remember them. There are things we don't remember and we try to remember them. So maybe we don't know how to memorize things, but we, not, we are not good. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just every, t- every day in my life challenging myself to learn new things. Yeah. And this makes you develop abilities. And with multi-abilities, you can find Monsieur Spoon at the end. If you're just a baker, you can't. Sorry. Bali is more complicated than that. To found a company in, in Bali, it's more complicated than just coming with one baggage. You need a lot. <laughs> so you need to develop them at what point in your life. So personal development by surrounding yourself by art, human expressions that are inspiring, that makes you see the world differently. For me, this is, this is what is art, a, na- a new angle on the world. It's a new angle on the world. It's not entertainment. It's not chicks, butts, and beautiful erotic photos. That's not art. This is beautiful to see. It's good. Good. Doesn't make you grow. Grow by surrounding yourself by amazing human experiences and inspiring people. It can be on YouTube. Doesn't mean to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
or uh, what what does success mean to you success i would say in one word it means responsibility because mm -hmm. when how is that for me i i don't think in a way of uh, for me if you have enough food for you it's okay and you have a roof for you it's okay it's done for you so i don't see success in the term of achievement or career goals or whatever i don't see the world or my life like that but it's true that when you succeed someone it means that you reach a certain level of expertise and at one point of your life it becomes less dangerous to share it but if you're too young it's dangerous because if you give the tools to the others <laughs> they could use it and you want at the end have a roof and something to it mm. <laughs> and how, how satisfied are you now from your uh, level of achievements yeah um, it's done for me i did quite it yeah satisfied yeah. yeah yeah i don't have to work anymore to make my life to have a life until my last day Oh, that's pretty amazing, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I know what it takes to do it. Yeah. It's a lot. It takes a lot of mindset, of strong mindset. Okay, a couple of more questions here for you. Where does pressure come from? If there is pressure. No, I don't feel pressure. There is no pressure? No. Not even for, uh, for uh, running or uh, you know, the athletic experience that you have? Um, every experience teach something mm -hmm. pressure is saying I am at the borders of who I am and I cannot handle more so I feel a pressure you are infinite push the borders don't feel the pressure the pressure is just the experience telling you you are the limits your reaction is either to go back or to go forward go forward remove the pressure it's okay you can miss things doesn't no one is telling you what is good or not doesn't exist there's no universal good or rule. bad or yeah. doesn't exist mm -hmm. so do express yourself at the maximum you can if you are late you're late if you're on time you're on time but you do the maximum and the pressure i don't feel any pressure like i don't even know getting bored and pressure is the two things i don't really get even at the iron man i'm, I'm going there with a big smile and saying my, to myself, wow, going to be amazing. <laughs> what do you focus on when you're running? Like, I believe that at some point things start hurting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your legs are screaming. So what's happening <laughs> in your mind at that time? Your mind is learning again. Your mind is learning the difference between pain, um, scar. You are mm. creating some scars in your muscles. Mm -hmm. So it means more than pain and just getting tired. You never, I never knew that. So when I run the marathon after at the Ironman, so after 200 kilometers riding, let's say, I felt my legs was screaming. So I, I, I lived the, the moment where I was tired, heavy legs, pain, and I decided to stop there and to maintain my speed because I didn't want to, to create scars. So when you get tired and stuff, it's still the same thing. Zoom in on things, feel really your body, focus on it. And it gets you busy. It's beautiful. You have five hours to run, so better to be busy on something. So get, get your attention on yourself, but in not meditating and staying on the ground and doing nothing, like really deeply in the sensation you have on this kind of extreme experiences. 
and then you grow a lot. Now I know with a, very, a lot of satellites the difference between those three steps. Tired, <laughs> pain, and a lot of scars and destru- destruction. How do you prepare for it? You knew that's going to happen? No. You didn't read about it like somebody told you about like uh, the, 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 the pain that comes from... Uh, I, no, no. I, uh, I understood that while running. Uh, I understood that while running. I, I read that it's very hard, blah, blah, blah. But for me, as I have a strong mindset, so about whatever. It's mm-hmm. hard, but I just can do more. Mm-hmm. Nothing will stop me. But I understood what stops me is the limit of the body. So I went to a limit. I don't like limits. You understood that. I like to push them away. So I understood the limits of the body. <laughs> there was one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And of course, I could go further and mm. I could uh, now w- won't be able to walk. And I would have to wait two weeks. Mm. So it recovers and heals. I was going to ask you actually the question about what you do for recovery. Uh, active recovery. So the, now I didn't force that much. So I did only two days rest. I was not able to do anything else. I was not able to walk. Forced rest. <laughs> <laughs> and then active recovery in swimming, while swimming, slowly swimming uh, until today. And tomorrow I'm going to ride again slowly. Long. In fact, yeah, active recovery means long, sorry, long, dis- long period of time, but slow effort, light effort, slow exercise like that. And it's working very well. And there's another thing that I saw my limits. I did free, di- free diving. And it's very interesting because you are told to push yourself. You're free diving. You're in the water. Okay, you can't move anything. Okay, you rest. And you start to do the maximum you can. So I went there and I stayed four minutes. And I did that before already 10 times. But this time I knocked out. So I pushed my limits. I pushed, I pushed, I hold. I felt I, the urge of breathing. I don't mind. I stay there. I don't move. My friend who was testing my body to see if I still react, I, he understood that I'm not reacting anymore. He took me out from the water. <laughs> I could die like that. <laughs> But of course, this is something you never do alone. You are told. For sure. Nobody, please try this at home. Yes. <laughs> never try in a swimming pool or in a bath alone. This is the first thing you learn when you, do, when you love free diving. So you know already that you can knock out. So that's that was a limit. So I'm I'm testing the limits all the time. Excellent. And you mentioned uh, an experience coming soon with ice bath yeah. in where Netherlands? Or? Yeah, in south of Poland. South of Poland. In the tell, tell us a little bit more about that. So that's amazing. I started to go hiking to to train for Ironman and in Abong mostly in Bali. And after that, I went to an ice bath in uh, Champuan Spa in Ubud on the way back. And this ice bath is amazing. It's cold. It's you have the, the spa is amazing. Was it real ice or just cold, cold water? Cold. Very no, cold no, it's water, cold. Yeah. It's, it's 12, 12 degrees, not okay. that cold. Mm. But staying there more and more, so I can stay there half an hour, one hour. I didn't reach my limit. So I thought, okay, I have to go further. So I looked at the pro of holding in ice bath. At the Iceman. <laughs> of course, Wim Hof. Wim Hof. <laughs> And the techniques about breathing. So I bought his book directly. I, I read it in two days. And I saw his life, his personal life. It's amazing. It's an amazing human book. So you see his life, what he experienced to the suicide of his wife that he has four kids with. It's a big mess. And the guy, he has a very strong mindset. And he's using breathing exercise, cold exercise and meditation to push his limits. 
So every time there's a guy pushing his limits, I'm interested. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's meet this guy. <laughs> so I trained in this place, in, but it's, it's 12 degrees, not zero. I train. I'm doing the exercise when I'm abroad because here the temperature is not cold enough. So I, abroad, I take always cold showers. I do my cam- all the breathing the exercises. Breathing exercises yeah, the breathing right? exercises. Yeah. And putting my, I, here I just put my hands and feet in ice cold water. So just take some gel from the freezer. Like that or some some ice and doing those exercises regularly to be ready on January where we're gonna go in the mountain in January a of course <laughs> worst <laughs> yes. period of the year yes <laughs> and and, and it, even it push it's pushing me pushing me further it pushed me to the next experience because as I was saying there's a world behind everything so what's the the world behind this coldness the coldest village on earth in oh. Siberia, uh-huh. minus 71. <laughs> yes, I saw actually a documentary about it the other day really? on YouTube. Yes, really? like the guys can, f- they, they freeze when they throw water in the air, it just freezes. Oh yeah, instantly. Yeah, instantly. yeah, 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 instantly. So, so you see, there's a world behind everything. So as far as you love something, you go deeper. That's the next challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I'm so looking forward to follow that. Like, do you document sure. all that stuff no, by, on don't. YouTube or something again? No. no I, yeah, I document on face. No, I, I just on Facebook uh, mentioned. Uh, I put a lot of photos and videos mentioning what happened, mm-hmm. like I did for Iron Man. I think but a lot I of people will be inspired by what you do. The the path you mean? Oh yeah. No, uh, I mean the path and the experiences that you do and everything. Okay, I, I get I get your feed coming up to me from time mm-hmm. to time on mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I think somehow it gets lost on Facebook if it's mm. not documented like properly in, I don't know, a website, blog or a videos or something. Uh, as we said in the beginning of this, uh, yeah, when we right. met today, like it mm. inspires people. Yeah, it right. inspires like, your staff. You said they start running. You're right, they should. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you get them to, to run because yeah, they because followed my, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went, when I was, was starting to train and then I, there was the first 5K fun run of Hard Rock Cafe. Uh-huh. Uh, two months ago so 5k they can do it you know when i when i said uh, nit well, they won't come but uh, i said when i saw that this event say okay i subscribe everyone <laughs> so i put on the group you know <laughs> so and i pushed it no 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 yes 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 okay okay you train them <laughs> and then of course i trained them <laughs> nice. so maybe three times we train together very slowly walking starting to walk even it's not even at the beginning was walking oh, wow. <laughs> walking one hour <laughs> <laughs> so i did that under the sun so they feel exhausted a bit in a way because it's just working one hour and it's amazing because maybe 60 percent of people that i that was running at this event was just trying to walk Hmm. impressive okay what about the art exhibition? What is that about, actually? I don't know specifically what it was about. Like, you, Krasin, again, just mentioned it quickly to me when we had breakfast last time in uh, Mr. Spoon. Yeah. What's that art exhibition about? And the, when? Yeah, it's it's on the 14th of December. Oh, very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Everything's ready. <laughs> Getting printing now. Seven days. Yeah, okay. Yeah, seven days. And this exhibition is about the Piens Army. So it's called the Piens Army. Piens is a con- contraction of sapiens, homo sapiens. Uh, homo sapiens sapiens means wise in latin so it means that we want to be a wise 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 population so um every day i feel the pressure of uh, like an army around me of things that can be done that things that can't be done and all those rules and regulations and assistance uh, easing our life make you lose make us lose 
the ability to expand and also the ability to grow, to be someone and to feel okay of being very different, to feel weird, to be a weirdo. <laughs> and I feel the pressure of that. And I feel not only on my shoulders, I see everyone getting smashed with this pressure. So when you go to a cafe, a restaurant, wait to be seated. They are organizing you. They don't let you even choose your table anymore. You have to wait. <laughs> and all the structure that we don't see coming up is preventing our soul to breathe. We should be able to come in, in a restaurant to say to the waitress, Shh, give me 30 seconds. I want to fill the place. And then to feel where we want, where we feel better to sit. And we ask nicely, can I sit over there? Yes, good. Okay. We can't? Okay, never mind. Maybe I want to change the restaurant or maybe I'm okay to sit where you point. But at least it starts by me, where I feel good being, not where I should be. And in our daily lives, this organization that is structuring our lives is limiting ourselves from being a real individual thinking another way. And this is what I want to illustrate. So I did some photos and they're going to be 30 of them. Uh, I did some stickers also. They're going to be available to be, to be distributed on, the, on this event. So this is what it's going to be about. Well, that's awesome. Where is it going to be? In Mrs. Poon Petit Anget. In, oh yeah, next lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta put that on my calendar. And of course, we're gonna share all this in the links of the. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. So we have a little bit of a promotion for it, of course. Thanks. Wow, this was really, really, really inspiring uh, conversation we had here. Like, yeah, I think, I think what you said in the beginning, like when you, how you introduce people. Uh, yourself to people they don't yeah. see what's below the surface yeah, they don't see what's yeah. what's behind the man that built this uh, cafes how yeah, you yeah. call them yeah. in the beginning yeah. and personally i would really encourage you to put things out there a little bit mm. because people need to be inspired people need leaders mm. that's how i would uh, even call you like yeah a mm. leader in in uh, the way how you think mm. the way how you block other people's beliefs, mm. our people's mindset, mm. and keep on focusing on yours. Mm -hmm. You said a couple of times that it was natural. Yeah, it comes natural to me. I believe what we 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 can all get to that point of making things natural by mm. repetition, by inspiration, by many means, by working with a coach, perhaps also sometimes. But if we want to conclude on. On a, on a, on a message. Yeah. What would be the message that you would like to pass to people? Yeah. So they can also get inspired. Yeah. It could be the same way how you said it, maybe to your staff when you get them to to run with you, or maybe it could be your own self talk. What do you say to yourself to keep being inspired, to keep being curious, to keep being open and focused? Yeah. What sure. is that message? Sure. I would give a life change event. Uh, that was for me the four Toltec agreements. If you never read the four Toltec agreements, this can change your life. Say again, what was four the name? Four Toltec agreements from Rius. So this book is clearly explaining why it's so hard for us, uh, what happened in our childhood, and why it's so hard for us to, to create a revolution in our mind. And this is a book, only the 21st pages are 
creating the revolution in your mind. So I would recommend everyone to read that those 20 pages and go to all experiences. Always take everything that happens in your life as an experience. The tougher it is, the more it teach, if you can handle. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dries. <laughs> I'll come to your exhibition for sure. And Thanks. I follow you even more. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you for making time for this. And it was really, really cool. It was a great time. Thanks, Dries. Thank you. <laughs>